What counts isn't how you look on the outside, but what's going on in the inside. What would you know, Cape Boy? Your fashion sense is definitely last season. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business, the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week to watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about just why it is that we love it so much. Welcome back, everybody. We've been on our holiday break. Yeah. Uh, we've what, what's the what's a New Year's tradition, Jordan? I know that the the like chopping the melon in half is summer, right? Resolutions is the only really tradition. And New Year's dreams. That's the that's the New Year's tradition in Japan. What? Really? You don't know about New Year's dreams? No. Have you not read as much as much manga about children as I have? No, I have not. <laughs> okay, I might be getting this wrong because it's mostly informed by the events of Azumanga Daioh, <laughs> uh, which is where I learn everything is from comics. Uh, but no, it's your your first dream of the new year kind of sets the tone for the year that you're going to have. Oh gosh, uh, do I remember? Mine? Yeah, what I. Mine was pretty stressful. I don't really remember it, but it was definitely an anxiety dream. <laughs> Are we talking about the dream you have on New Year's, like after the ball drops on midnight and then you go to sleep and the next dream you have? I, I mean, look, in, in manga, that is how it works. Okay. <laughs> but, but I feel like it is a contrivance of the plot that everyone just has a dream on New Year's Day. <sighs> I don't remember. I never knew this was a thing. Well, our dream is to bring you the best uh, podcast about Sailor Moon that it is possible to bring you. And to do that, we are joined this week. By a Did you like that segue? Nice. It was pretty great. We're joined this week by a very, a, a very special guest. You have heard her voice just now. Uh, she is a former storyboard artist for Archer uh, and was recommended to us by Shannon Maynard, one of uh, our favorite friends who has stopped by in the past. Cassidy Stone is here. Cassidy, welcome to the show. Hello. Oh, thanks, guys. So lovely to be here. How are you? Did you? Uh, here's a question that I want to pose to all of you, all two of you, yes. both of you. Is how <laughs> that is normally said. I think. Listen, listen. Let me peel back the curtain and explain that I am halfway through this cup of coffee. <laughs> Did you get? Any uh, any Sailor Moon gifts over the holidays? I know <laughs> I know Jordan did. I know Jordan got one. Oh man, this was a this was pretty Sailor Moon intensive holidays. I must say, actually. Was it really? That's awesome. Yeah, I got all these Sailor Moon socks. Um, yeah, I think my favorite is my sister got me a little Sailor Moon mug, and she got me a little Sailor Moon tea to go with it. Now, what was the uh, what was the mug? Is it just like a mug with Sailor Moon on it? Is it a mug shaped like a shaped like Sailor Moon? Is it like a, <laughs> that a would be mug? And use her, like her hair as the handle. I'd love that. But no, it's like a, a mug with uh, her bed pattern on it, so it's all purple and got little. Oh, it. it's so cute. We love that's her bed awesome. pattern. Yeah, we love that. I had hot cocoa out of it this morning to get ready for the podcast. Nice. That's that's pretty great. That's yeah. pretty fantastic. Jordan, did you get any uh, any Sailor Moon themed holiday gifts from I... really cool people who <laughs> buy you really cool <laughs> gifts? I did. I got one. I got the Fig Arts tuxedo mask <gasps> from Mr. Chris Sims. <laughs> it was a hard choice. 
between that and Chibiusa. I almost got you Chibiusa. Well, I'm really glad you didn't get me Chibiusa <laughs> because I definitely prefer Memoro to Chibiusa. I, I, the thing I'm torn about is, do I take it out of its box or not? Oh, yeah. You, you obviously should take it out of its you box. You obviously take it out of its box. Okay. Well, then I will. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, it, it looks so nice and I don't want to ruin it. But, it's, uh, but uh, he has like, what, four heads or something? <laughs> And I can switch between. Looks like he has the little moon locket, and he has a rose. Uh, and he's got his. He's got his cane. He does he's have got a cane. His, yep. His cape, I believe, has points of articulation. No, really? Okay, well, I, I, I definitely I take think it out. So, oh, that's so awesome, Chris. Uh, I, I did you get any Sailor Moon? Because I know I, I didn't get you a Sailor Moon gift. No, you didn't. You did give me a. You got me a <laughs> gift that is reflective of projects we have worked on, just not this particular. Uh, project. You can tell people what oh. I got you. Uh, you got me a God. How big are they? Because they're like, are they twelve inch? They're twelve inches. You got me the twelve inch Toy Biz action figures of Cable and Bishop, <gasps> fresh from the nineties. Fresh from the nineties, which <laughs> I think I had Bishop. I know I had Wolverine. <laughs> obviously, twelve inch Wolverine. Yes, yes. That's I awesome. had. I, oh, I had. I mean. Jordan, you've you've read the comic. Yes. <laughs> Between Chad and I, we had a lot of those Toy Biz toys. The thing about uh, them no. that I thought was so funny about them is that, like, nowadays, if you had a 12-inch figure, it would be, like, twice as detailed as a smaller figure. <laughs> Back then, it was just yeah, no, like... These are nope. the exact same figures. <laughs> it's just bigger. <laughs> that was the great thing about the Wolverine figure, because it was the exact same as the 5-inch Wolverine figure, to the point of it had the same gun... That had like like by the way the Wolverine figure came with a gun yeah that's because that's what Wolverine needs and his hand was like molded to fit it and the gun that the 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 twelve inch figure came with was the exact same level of detail as this featureless black block that that was his gun uh, but no I, I did get uh, I did get some Sailor Moon themed gifts Joe Hunter who's an artist that I work with on a comic got me. He sent me a box that had a lot of really cool stuff in it. He he made some homemade biscotti, which was awesome. Nice. And he sent me the VHS tapes of uh, the R movie and I think the S movie. Whoa. No, we've talked about doing those as a live commentary special here on the show. But uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. And then I remembered, oh, it's 2015 and I do not have a VCR. No. <laughs> so I guess we'll go over to my mom's. And you'll have to fly down. I used to have those. I used to have those on VHS as well. I think we gave them away to like, you know, Goodwill or something when we realized we had no VHS ourselves. Yeah. I could be wrong, though. We might still have it buried somewhere. I still have a VCR. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess you have just nominated yourself to be on the uh, live commentary special. (laughs) Or we could wait until they finally (laughs) release them in America again, which I presume they'll do. You don't like you don't want to go take a vacation? I love vacation. <laughs> Together, Jordan, and go visit our guests. <laughs> I mean, look, I think uh, I think uh, per capita and Cassidy, I don't want to blow up your spot here, but I think per capita we do have more guests in the Atlanta area than anywhere else. That might be true. Yeah, that's pretty true. <laughs> S- Sailor Sailor Bizcon. <laughs> Say biz gone. Although we've had a couple in Boston, haven't we? And a couple in New York. Uh, we've we've had a couple. Well, if we're counting you, we've had a lot of New York. 
<laughs> yes, I count. I'm not. Well, no, I'm not a guest, unfortunately. But my wife right. is, and she's been on a bazillion times. Yes, she's she's been on. <laughs> but enough, enough of this. Enough holidays. Uh, enough holidays. No, like we we had a, a very. We hope. All of you listening enjoyed a year uh, holiday season. Enjoyed your Christmas, your New Year's, your your holiday that you, uh, if you chose to celebrate a holiday, we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope it was full of uh, of love and justice. All right, what, and... one one last thing, because okay. I I just opened the box, <laughs> and yes, he okay. has four different heads and six different sets of hands so there's a lot of hand styling you can do with this character is this your first high-end japanese action figure absolutely absolutely awesome i'm excited about this is that pretty awesome but uh yes uh we hope you had a very sailor moonderful holiday uh but now we're back and now it's time to get going so cassidy back to you what is your history with sailor moon well let me tell you pretty much the same as most girls you know my age around like you know the mid-20s area where it's like you got up in the morning, tried to get ready for school real fast so you could catch Sailor Moon before you had to leave for school. Deked up, and you're all excited, and we never found out what happened, you know, in that final arc. Nope. Never even knew stars happened. People with internet service had rumors that there were other things that happened, that there was that Sailor Uranus was gay, you know, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, we had the circle of friends. Everybody had to be a Sailor Scout, obviously. And we had our leader, who dubbed herself Sailor Moon. And then decide who everybody else was. <laughs> That's kind of, you know, pretty standard stuff. I feel like we've had a lot of people who have had that experience with groups of friends. But we have <laughs> never had the person who declared themselves to be Sailor Moon. <laughs> like, we've never had the leader of the group. Yeah, yeah, we had like, this was the girl. She probably had the best internet connection. So she was like the keeper of knowledge. She had pictures of Sailor Chibi Chibi Moon. We were like, oh, what's this? <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> And she decided who everybody else was going to be. We well, had who, some say in it, but not a lot. Who did she decide you were? Um, I got to be Sailor Mercury. I was like, pretty good. Pretty good. You were happy about that? Yeah, because Sailor Mercury, she's precious. So Okay. Was she your favorite? Is she your favorite? She's not my favorite Sailor Scout. Oh. I love her. I love all my children, obviously. <laughs> so so who is? You're not going to like it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to say Rini. Well... <laughs> Sailor Chibi Moon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we, again, peeling back the curtain, uh, we first got in touch with Cassidy maybe three months ago, um, I think. It was whenever Shannon was on for the first time. Uh, and she was like, oh, you should get Cassidy because she's the other person who likes this show. <laughs> and uh, and we, we got in touch with you. And I was like, hey, like, you know, would you like to come on? Like, is there a particular episode you'd like to be on? And you said, yeah, just let me wait until uh, uh, Chibi Music shows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So here you are on the second uh, Chibi Music appearance. Yay. Well, I'm to, sorry. To that defend I'm... her from our, from our angry, angry ways. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I used to have a terrible, terrible hate shrine to your favorite character. Oh, that's okay. I mean, like, I got a little, like, shrine on my desk now with all my Sailor Chibi Moon toys. Are there a lot of them? Well, I only have, like, three. Me, personally. I finally, Shannon finally convinced me to get one of those figure art ones, you know? Oh, yeah, with, like, yeah. And stuff, like what you have. It's real cute. She's got, like, she's got a little pink sugar heart attack wand and everything. It's precious. Why Chibi Moon? Like, what is the, what is the appeal to you? And that's not me. That's not me saying, like, What? How did this come up? <laughs> but I am curious. Like, how could you love this? 
with the because... main five, it's it's very easy to be like, oh, you know, I like Amy because I was really nerdy and loved math, and I like Jupiter because I was tall and 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 still uh, wanted to do very traditionally feminine things. If if you're like me and Jordan, you are motivated by laziness and hunger, <laughs> uh, so you like Sailor Moon the best. But uh, but why why Chibisa? Well. I mean, it goes back a pretty long history I have of, like, always really liking kind of like the useless little kid character in shows. <laughs> kind of like, okay. when I watched Roni Kenshin, I really loved Yahiko. And um, when I watched Dragon Ball Z, I loved Gohan before he got, like, super pumped up amazing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I really like that because I like, I like how seeing how their character arc goes from being, like, someone who's completely useless and everyone's like, you need to just step away. Don't help out. Don't Don't be here. We don't need you. To, like, becoming super powerful and kind of finding her own stuff and everything. You can, I'm like, I'm cheering for her the whole time. Like, you can do this. You're going to be amazing. So, because I'm trying to remember when she even, does she even become, well, I don't want to spoil it for us. I can't remember if she becomes Chibi, uh, Sailor Chibi, use a... Chibi Moon in this season, or if it's not till next season, she comes back. But Uh, up to where I have watched currently, and I haven't actually watched a new episode, she's not Chibi Moon yet. Okay. Where I am, but I think I think I'm still uh, to- getting towards the end of a, or maybe just finished with a Dark Lady. So yeah, um, in the manga, she becomes spoiler alert. She becomes Sailor Chibi Moon after she stops being Dark Lady. Okay, it's, it's really cute. It's a lovely scene. You should. There's that weird. Great. There's that weird. Uh, I, I think the last thing I watched in terms of new episodes, and I'm way behind. Uh, but I think there, it was that weird sequence where Chibi and Usagi are both floating naked in space. <laughs> Good times. Which is like that's a weird one. <laughs> that's a weird one. Do you watch? Uh, do you watch Buffy? And were you a Dawn fan? <laughs> oh God. Okay. I will redeem <laughs> myself right now. I love Buffy, and Dawn is just the worst. <laughs> like, not even I could love her. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay, let's see. Let's see. You know, so I think that means I think I've met people who who have every single scout as their favorite, except I don't think I've ever met anybody who thinks Pluto is the best scout. Aw, I mean that's a little sad for her. She doesn't do a lot. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so if you love Sailor Pluto, yeah. get in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do love that Luna Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? No, I mean it's fine. I hate it. You hate, hate it? it? I hate it. I, I, think I it's, hate it. It's a picture of Luna, so I'm on board as far as that. It's, goes. Not, it's not a picture. It's a head. It's a floating head. <laughs> does the does the uh, fig arts come with a little Luna ball? Oh, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. No, because she's a sailor scout by then, so she doesn't oh, need the Luna ball. That's true. I, I keep waiting for. Bandai and Tamashi Nations to run out of things to make because when they make uh, the Sentai figures, like 80% of the time, they only make the Red Ranger for a lot of these things. And so they've made a couple of the other Rangers and they're really hard to find. But like, I keep waiting for them to like catch up. So it's like, okay, now we can go back and make the Green Rangers and the Blue Rangers or whatever. And with the, I feel like it's a much more achievable goal that they will run out of thing of figures to make of the sailor scouts because they've already made zoocyte disguised as sailor moon. <laughs> and that is not, <laughs> that is not something you make in the, they made normal girl versions. No, that's what I'm waiting for. Oh, like, that's what you want. Okay. Civilian, if they make civilian scouts, like I will have to buy all of them again. I will have to go back to San Diego and spend another $200. And then when they make tennis ball, sailor moon, 
If they make oh tennis balls, they limit whatever it costs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me tell I, you. Four years ago, I did not care about any toys at all. I was like, I like a thing, don't need a toy of it. That's that's silly. I don't need that. Then I met Shannon Nanner, and she she did this. I've got like a ton of toys on my desk right now. She taught me all the things. What is there to, all to learn? Fault. Just like that they exist. And it's like, <laughs> here, they come with different faces and hands and stuff. They come in little poses and they're really cute and well-made. I don't need all these toys, but she did it and I love it. Before we get going, I do want to say, uh, normally we save this for the end of the show when we do all our plugs. But uh, you are on Twitter at Cassidy Stone one Yep. And you have drawn a ton of... Of Sailor Moon stuff that is yeah. on your uh, that is on your Twitter, uh, including these little like these little comics about Minako being really into puns. Yeah, <laughs> where did where did those come from? Is Minako really into puns, and I've just missed it? I don't know. I was like for some reason looking up space puns, and I was like, man, space puns are great because puns are great. And the only thing I can remember about I like wanted to make a comic about it. And I was like, who would be most likely to do puns? And I know Minako at least, like, tries to do puns and sayings, but gets them wrong. So right. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And she's going to be the one doing that. And then I did. That was literally just like, I want to deliver this pun to the world, and I will use Sailor Moon to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Your drawings of uh, Minako and Usagi's pun delivery faces <laughs> is my fave. Yes. It's pretty funny. Also... Also, I feel like if if Mina did use puns, that would be 100% more personality traits than she has in either of the episodes that we are going to watch over the next few weeks. Oh, I know. Bless her heart. <laughs> I, I have in my notes, Minako is terrible. Oh, oh no. But we will we will get to that. Uh, well, Chris, do we have any other sailor well, business? Well, uh, I, I just was I was just reminded of something flipping through her, her pictures that I was intending to try to get you a cat butthole mug, but I couldn't find one. Um, okay, well, but Valentine's then, Day is coming. But then I was reminded, like, do you play the game uh, Nico Atsume? Because <gasps> so awesome. there are a lot of cat buttholes in it. <laughs> There's a yes. picture of a cat butthole on her Twitter from it. In fact, that's what made me think of it. Yeah, My wife plays it all the time. If you're cat buttholes, this is the game for you. <laughs> It's basically a virtual kitten thing where you make a nice place for kittens to play in your yard and kittens will come and play in it and be in cute positions, including showing you their butthole. All right, then. That's enough of kitten butthole business. <laughs> I I feel I feel like my like you are misinterpreting my nope. fandom of that episode. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. You've always said that that's what this show is about to you, kitten buttholes. It's true. Well, I did. Well, I feel like saying kitten instead of cat okay. makes it sound a lot weirder. Cat buttholes. I'm sorry. Fully there grown, consenting cat buttholes. <laughs> oh my god. Can we move on? <laughs> yes, please. We have a lot to get through today. We can. Uh, all right. So, uh, without further ado, Cassidy Stone, we are going to be watching episode 61 of Sailor Moon R, which is called Usagi Devastated, Memoru Declares a Breakup. Don't know why anyone would be devastated over that. He's a 130-year-old piece of dead weight weighing you down, Usagi. I, I want to call this episode Moon Crystal Power Breakup. <gasps> Boo! That was great. No, that was great. Boo. Shut up. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank I'm, you, I'm, you. I'm, now you have to draw Jordan's pun delivery face. 
that into a comic. And this this episode starts with a today on Sailor Moon in which uh, Sailor Moon is talking about punishing Mamochan. She literally delivers the "I will punish you" speech to Mamochan. Good, because he's going to break up with her. Oh, hey, should we maybe catch people up? It's been a while since we've had an episode. Should, should I maybe <laughs> let people know where we stand, Jordan? Um, we only have a, a moment. Can I have like? Can I have like five seconds? Okay, five seconds. Can, I don't even need that. Can I have like three seconds? Three and a half. Can I have like like one just real quick second? Like a split second? You may. Okay. Uh, our heroine is Yusagi Skino, and uh, that you is a non-vocalized vowel, we have been informed. Just heads up to everybody who was wondering about the pronunciation. No, it goes, we keep getting back and forth information on this. No, it's like, it, it is, Okay. <laughs> We've gotten so many emails about the pronunciation of Usagi's last name. Uh, it is it is you're gonna, non-vocalized. Here's the thing. You're going to say something definitive, but you did that last episode, too. Right, and, now and you're I will going forget back. that I've done it. <laughs> I will forget that I've done it. Uh, go ahead. Uh, but no, I was informed. Uh, this this came from uh, Charles Orwich III, uh, who informed me that male characters... And masculine characters would drop the U and just say Skino, uh, whereas female and feminine characters would pronounce the U and say Sukino in its entirety uh, because it is apparently a gender connotation of the language that uh, men speak with a shortened, sharper consonant dialogue. And uh, women will enunciate vowels to the point of exaggeration to give their words more rounded, softer tones, which is why uh, the the, uh, example that he sent in was that when uh, there are characters that will complain with a, quote, Japanese feminine trait, uh, and instead of saying, uh, and apologies if I, I, I mess this up, onaka ga suitai desu, which is uh, I am hungry, will become onaka ga suitai desu, <laughs> written with many vowels. I am hungry, which is a very Usagi thing to say. Yeah, that's true. She does do that sort of thing. Uh, and he says it, that will provide some additional context, but it's not 100% uh, sure. So uh, Usagi Sakino is – has it been a second yet, Jordan? No, not quite. Do I still have time we remaining have a in little the bit one second I have requested? A little bit okay. left. Okay. So Usagi Sakino is a 14-year-old girl. She's also secretly Sailor Moon, the defender of love and justice. And don't she has me. a – don't – yeah, keep that under your hat, under your meatballs. She has a team of Sailor Scouts that help her defend the world from – Non-specific threats, <laughs> like just whatever, whoever shows up making trouble that year, I guess. Uh, we have uh, Ami Mizuno, who is Sailor Mercury, the kind hundred girl genius. We have Rei Hino, who is Sailor Mars, the hot-headed psychic. We have uh, Makoto Kino, who is Sailor Jupiter, the powerful girl in love. Uh, we have Minako Aino, who is Sailor Venus, who is basically useless in this show. Oh. I'm sorry, I really... She she is though, guys. We'll she get is. to her. We'll get to her. She'll have her time. Codename Codename Sailor V is so good, and Minako is a like a block of wood. We'll get to her. We'll get to her. Ugh. And there's also two talking cats. There's Luna and Artemis. Uh, Luna is Usagi's cat, and Artemis is uh, Minako's cat. Now they've just defeated a pair of aliens. No, who, that's uh, not important. That's not important. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. We'll skip over Alan and Al. The important thing is that a uh, angel or devil mysterious girl fell from the sky. 
and is now hypnotizing Usagi's family into thinking that she's Usagi's cousin, little Usagi, and she's she's a weirdo. You forgot she's the most important part. Weirdo. She's a weirdo. Is the most important part that she's will eventually be revealed as Usagi and Naru's daughter from no, the future? No, the most important okay. part is that you haven't mentioned Mamoru at all yet. Yeah, well, Mamoru's garbage. No. <laughs> what yeah. what you meant to say was Usagi also has a boyfriend named Mamoru Chiba who is also a superhero named Tuxedo Mask, and they are destined moon lovers. And now is they he are a superhero, Jordan. Yes, you call that guy a superhero. He has superpowers and he's heroic. Also, they have both now have their memories back so they both are in love and they're and he's a little old for her but let's not mention that too much he's 39 years that old. is a falsehood in the way that jack benny was 39 years old and so he's like 52 that's one second okay so now the episode <laughs> this episode, now the episode with yusagi running down the street and she accidentally jogs past memoru who is actually jogging jogging like in a jogging suit and everything is that now i will say well, I, I was going to say, uh, you know that I don't like Memoru. I do know that. That is a, that is a thing. Unfortunately. But the one thing I really like about Memoru is when that dude puts on his three shirts <laughs> to go work out. Memoru's workout clothes are amazing. I, I can't tell if it's three shirts or if it's just two shirts and a towel. I'm oh, sorry. That was a weird way to wear a towel. <laughs> well, because there's the thing. The, the okay. So first of all, there's the outer one that is like a little vet, like a darker green vest. There's the lighter green one that clearly has sleeves that he's rolled up, and then it's unclear whether the yellow one is a hood that's a sleeveless hoodie that's sticking out, or if I thought maybe that's just a towel he put around his neck to like absorb sweat. I feel at like it right it, now. <laughs> I feel like it might be one shirt and one towel. But it's a weird pattern for the shirt. Well, sure. Because I feel like the gray part might, and the green part might be the like one shirt that just has that like pattern on it, and but it's like a weird V neck. It look members workout clothes raise a lot of questions. I like <laughs> that he's wearing sweatbands on one arm, but not the other. Give That's himself a little arm. little flash. It's to dab at his at his uh, forehead. That's all it's for. Mm. Not into it. <laughs> well, anyway, he's out jogging. He's out for his morning jog. And he thinks Yusagi's out for a morning jog because he doesn't know his girlfriend at all. <laughs> he says, I'm impressed that you go out jogging every morning, too. No, she's actually... Oh, well, she gets distracted for a moment by oh, yeah. loving him this so much. This is amazing. <laughs> because, because she sees Mamoru and she turns around, stops what she's doing, runs and shoves her face into his body. His sweaty, gross jogging body. <laughs> Yes. And then she's like, oh, Mamoru, I love you so much. And our our miracle romance uh, transcends time. Uh, <laughs> and we're, we're going to be together forever. There's nothing that could ever break us up. We're always going to be together. We're destined. He's like, yes, Usagi, we're destined. And then Luna shows up and goes, Usagi, you are investigating a possible kidnapping. <laughs> Please stop getting distracted. <laughs> yes, it's too early in the morning for that, is what she literally says when she stops them from kissing, which is kind of bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah, think... I, didn't, I didn't know making out had a time limit. So. <laughs> I think she's she's actually trying to make it so a, a teenager and an adult person are not kissing on the sidewalk. But that's my guess. We actually, oh, we actually did like... get a letter about this. Oh, uh, no. 
Someone wrote in to tell us that in Japan, you don't, you can't make out before two o'clock. No, I'm kidding. That did not actually happen. I, thought, I think I figured out what it is. It's too light out. People might see. Mamoru could get arrested. Yes. Yeah, that's probably what's going on. Oh, also, uh, he's, he's calling her Yusako now a lot of the time, which is very cute. That is his, his pet name for her. He is Mamo-chan and she is Usako. Oof. Why are you going, ugh? You want him to call her Odango more? Yeah, I want like the meatball head. It's such a cute term. Oh, you know, trash pile and, and trash piece. Mm-hmm. That's anyway. Uh, so, so yes, Luna shows up and says, "Usagi Chibiusa is missing." Which now here's the I'm like. Why does she care that much? Like, okay, I guess it's a child, and you don't. Want yeah, I mean, a child. it is a child. It's a yeah, like, child. Why do you care this five-year-old child? But it's disappeared. A, it's a child who has mysteriously insinuated herself into her life, and that she kind of hates. Yeah, but like Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> even if there is a like, look, <laughs> even if there is a five-year-old that you don't get along with, if someone comes and says, "Hey." My five-year-old is missing. Your reaction should not be, yeah, well, fuck that kid. <laughs> that kid's a jerk. Phew. No. Uh, no, you're right. First F-bomb on the show of 2016, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we learned a lesson today, then. Did, what lesson did we... Did you learn... That, that, <laughs> what lesson did you learn that you... Did not previously know. Help Jordan people look for their five-year-olds, I guess. Anyway. Okay. Good lesson. Okay. Good thing, good thing to learn. It's too early in the morning for this, Chris. So Chibiusa is missing. That's another thing about it. They're just running. I mean, here's the deal. They will actually get to her in a moment because they are running. But I don't know where are they running to and why. I feel like they are literally just looking for her. Like they, Their eyes are open. <laughs> and so they are like literally just going around looking and by running they can cover a lot of ground okay well they 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 are successful because there she is sitting sadly on a uh, a swing set i will say uh when they when they take off running we see them from behind and instead of like because of the perspective that we're looking at instead of drawing usagi's ponytails like trailing behind her as she runs they spread out like airplane wings <laughs> To indicate motion. <laughs> so then they find her sitting on a swing set, sadly, and she's just being, well, I mean, she's being a child who is, again, we know a little bit more about her. She's from the future, so she's sad because she's lonely and doesn't want to be here anymore. The weird part, again, being that they find her and they don't, like, run up and go, oh my god, there you are! They're, they kind of take a moment to stand there in a, like, cute way, like with his hand on her shoulder going like, there she is. Our daughter. Except they don't know that part. <laughs> daughter from the future. They can see They can see she's having a moment. Just giving her some space like, oh, this kid's going through some shit. You know, just <laughs> let, her, let her be for a sec. And then she says, she says, daddy, mommy. Now, in the Japanese version, it's clear that the acting is like, she's like, oh, daddy, mommy, like, I miss you. But the way they recorded in the deep dub it, it, because we are literally looking at her parents, it just sounds like she's going, daddy, mommy, and that's it. And it's like, and then they go, hi. And she's like, whoa, I didn't know you were there. Anyway, weird. So uh, they say, hey, we were worried about you. Don't run away anymore because <laughs> Jordan D. White ain't going to go look for you. No, but look, <laughs> don't you, you got to understand where I'm coming from here. 
Because again, this is not just do I? This is not a friend of yours shows up with an annoying kid, and you're like, "Oh, I don't like this kid." This is a friend of your. There's no friend of yours. Just the kid shows up and goes, "Yeah, I live with you now," and you're like, "What? No, you don't. Get the fuck out of here!" And the kid is gone, and then you go, "Good, okay, that's that's as it should be. <laughs> the kid is gone." It's clearly a kid in like some sort of distress. <laughs> Who pulled sure a gun on you? Has- the child has guns and, you know, <laughs> rohypnol and stuff. But, like, clearly she's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so not, sure. I mean, so, Chris, like, hold on. You're saying this kid pulls a gun on you, drugs you, tries to drug you, I should say, uh, and it's, it, it makes everyone you know think you're crazy because you don't remember and love this kid. And you're going to be like, I better go find this kid. I'd be like, well, I don't want this kid to mysteriously vanish. Because <laughs> she mysteriously appeared. From that. What's the difference? Mysteriously appear, my- easy, mysteriously appear, easy, mysteriously disappear. There you go. I mean, look, on a purely functional level, Jordan, <laughs> if she's not around, you don't know what she's up to. Oh, <laughs> keep your keep your annoying children close. Is that how it goes? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Like I would be all for getting Chibiusa out of my life if I was <laughs> Usagi. I'm all for getting Chibiusa out of my life right now. <laughs> TBQH. But like you know, I want to hand her to the police, not just have her <laughs> run away. The police. Hand her to the police, not to like someone in a van. So. <laughs> uh, real quick, if if Rubius and Pets and uh, uh, Calaveras and all them, like, why didn't they just dress up as like child services <laughs> and show up? <laughs> That's the best plan. Oh that my god! Well, because her family would have been like, no, that's our cousin. We are good. You don't need to take her. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, so Memory was like, hey, hey, kid, why don't you come with us? Like, you know, we'll take you home. And he like puts out his hand, and Chibiusa takes his hand, and then we <gasps> like we get one of those as uh, Memory has visions of Crystal Tokyo. <gasps> And this is the start of what I am going to declare as the worst plot of Sailor Moon. <laughs> You're yeah, that's joke. fair. No! <laughs> no, Mamoru breaks up with Usagi but can't tell her why is the worst. Okay, I I don't think you're right. <laughs> this is okay, weird. like, is there a worse plot? Like, do you agree that it's bad? <laughs> I don't know that I do. No, no. I think it's... Okay, so I'm going to just put this out there now. Earlier, before the show we recorded, you said this was a bad episode, and I didn't want to talk about it. But I do want to talk about it now. I think this is a great episode. (laughs) I think the... As as long-time listeners know, we record two at a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is why we have the same guest on the two episodes, generally speaking. (laughs) But I think these two episodes have good parts but like the main plot of both of these episodes like the is 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 atrocious i I hate it i think this episode is great i wrote down in my notes chris not for this scene but for the scene where she goes to his house later and they have the fight the note i have is this episode is grace great chris so suck it (laughs) (laughs) because i knew you you like this did you write this last night? I did because I knew you. I was watching it, going, "This is all great," and I was like, "Chris is going to be thinking this episode is super dumb," and I don't care. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, amazingly, like- on my notes it says this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'll be like, okay, happy medium, happy medium. I was like, this is a great episode in that it's very emotional. The acting yeah. and everything's really great. Like, I was heartbroken for Usagi. Yeah. On the other hand, this is the stupidest Mamoru's ever been. I came to this like, I'm going to defend Mamoru. He's an okay guy. Yeah, he's like 43. It's all right. And then he, he does this. I'm like, all right, well, that's fine, I guess. All right. I don't... Yeah, like, like, that's that's the thing is like, I, I feel bad for Usagi in this episode. So it is effective emotionally, but it's the, like, there's no sympathy for Memo in this because... I mean, I don't know if we want to get into how this turns out and the the actual reason, because we don't find out the reason for a long time. So then, no, not yet. Let's wait. I mean, because okay. I don't remember like, all the details. All I, I know it's a vision from the future. I, I'm pretty sure he thinks she's going to die, like they're going to kill her. And so he's yes. trying to protect her by saying, if we don't ever get together, then that future won't come to pass. Yeah. But it's dumb and stupid and garbage <laughs> and makes no sense and is based on a weird lie. Oh, well, we'll find <laughs> Look, just give him the benefit of the doubt. He, he's trying to save his love. He is, but like, okay. Aiden and I have had this conversation because we've watched this series of episodes twice uh, together now. And we yeah. were watching it in bed last night, uh, and I'm taking notes, and Aiden's reading a book, and she looks up from her book and just goes, "Hey," uh, and, and again, I've I've got a. I'm going to try not to spoil it for anyone who's experiencing it. She goes, "Hey, if someone tells you." That you have to break up with me, or else uh, something terrible is going to happen to me. Just tell me, like that. That is the case. Just be like, "Hey, I had a vision that you're going to die if we don't break up, and that's something we need to work through together." <laughs> don't just don't just suddenly be cruel. <laughs> Communication right. is very important in a relationship. Yeah, so. <laughs> these these two like these two have a bad relationship. Okay, that's listen. I'm going to give you it. That's kind of fair. They, they but, don't communicate. But here's the deal. But but part of that is because, okay. I mean, you're right. He should not think that Sailor Moon, who is, again, a superheroine, cannot handle stuff. That being said, she is a child. <laughs> and so in some way. He's so going. which is it, Jordan? <laughs> a little of both. A little of both. So. So which is it? Is she a child who shouldn't be in this relationship? Or is she a superhero with a miracle romance and everything's fine? No, no, no. I'm not saying she shouldn't be in the relationship because she's a child. I'm Pick saying one. she's Pick not one. emotionally. Pick a side. Pick a side. <laughs> it's a little of both. She's going to grow up eventually. Maybe. <laughs> no, she won't. No, she won't. We've seen her in the future. She's eternally Sailor Moon. <laughs> well, she kind of, she gets like a mature voice sometimes. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. All right. Well, let's get back to the episode Moving because on. we're not, we're, we're very early. We're, we're, we're talking about the breakup and there hasn't been a breakup yet. <laughs> we're like two minutes into the episode. So, 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 uh, <laughs> Memoro takes, uh, uh, Chibi on her, on his back and they're walking her home and they, they have their little, uh, the cute, uh, conversation of Usagi going, get off of my boyfriend. And she's like, she's not my, your boyfriend. She's my boyfriend. What? No, we're destined to be together. And that's funny. The best part of this scene is, uh, when Chibi Usa goes, stop calling me Chibi Usa. My name's Usagi. And Usagi goes, no, I'm Usagi. <laughs> and in the uh, in the new dub, the, the Viz dub, she says, I'm the only Usagi around here. And it's like neither Usagi nor Chibiusa can even imagine the idea of someone else having the same name. No, there can only be one. 
Except then, of course, Mamuchan calls her Chibiusa, and she decides she likes it. <laughs> yeah, because he thinks it's cute. Yeah, the weird com the, the competitiveness. Okay, that sort of makes sense. Like, I get it. They they both love. I mean, she like she loves her father. I, I don't think she. She's too young to understand romance until she meets a horse, but that's later. She's too young to understand romance. So she just, she knows love and the love of her parents is the love she knows. So she's just like, no, I love my, I love him. He's my boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I'm talking about Usagi. <laughs> yeah. Being like, being like, no, stop touching him. He's my boyfriend. Because as you have said, Jordan, she's. She's mature and knows all of, she understands everything about this relationship. I said the has. opposite of that. I said she was a child. That's yeah, but, why he's trying to protect her. Oh, so you her. agree with me. Good, good. It's good that you agree with me. Now, uh, oh. uh, let's move on with me being right. So they're walking home. They get to. They get home. Yes. They meet the Sakino family. Yes. And Papa, Mr. Sakino, flips out. Yep. Yeah. At the idea that uh, that Usagi has a boyfriend, which is something that we've seen in the in the past, and then Memoru bails on <laughs> yep. meeting Just the family. <laughs> I was in the middle of jogging. Uh, Bye. Um, yeah. Also, the father says, "Oh, is my this going to be even slightly awkward?" Peace out. <laughs> the father says, "Usagi's become a delinquent." Well, yeah, because uh, like in the deep dub, he's like, "This man's way too old." Yes. I'm like, good job, Papa Sukino. <laughs> It's not in the subtitles, but in the new dub, uh, while the attention is shifted, like after he says our daughter's become a delinquent, there's a, a conversation happening between Mama and Papa in the background. And uh, Mama says something like, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's just our daughter getting a boyfriend. And Dad very reasonably says, but our daughter is only 14. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, he does not say, he does not say, and that man is clearly 41 years old. But I assume that is there is audio of that on the uh, at Viz somewhere in Canada, somewhere in a Canadian recording studio. There's what, audio of that. What is up with. OK, this is a dumb thing to remark on, but I'm just noticing it again. What is up with Sammy constantly standing with his arms crossed behind his head? He's cool. Is that, is that, is that a cool stance? Is yeah, that how cool guys? Classic young cool guy stance. <laughs> arms behind your head crossed up in the air. It's a, yeah, it's a cool guy stance. Uh, okay. If you're a cool guy. It's very cool. <laughs> I never noticed. Oh, that's so strange. I don't know. Like, maybe he's just been working out and you gotta, you know, you put your arms up so that your lungs can get more full. But maybe we don't see, maybe we don't see Shingo doing some like serious cardio whenever the, uh, whenever the camera's not on him. My theory is that they drew him lying down and we're like, ah, oh, we don't feel like. <laughs> we don't feel like. <laughs> just flipped it up. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so then after Mamoru ditches, Chibi's like, hey, so how about some food? Like, uh, get me something to eat. And the entire family is goes, who are you? What are you doing here? Are you, re is she related to us? Like, what is this? Yeah. Uh, and then it suddenly becomes an episode of Batman 66. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the penguin shows up with his hypno umbrella. <laughs> she literally pulls out a hypno umbrella. Well, she transforms her Luna ball into a hypno umbrella and hypnotizes the whole family. It doesn't work on Luna entirely. And so Luna bites Yusagi to stop it from working on her. Yeah, it starts to work on Luna and oh, Yusagi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which uh, in the, the 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 first time that she hypnotized, that she brainwashed the Sakina family, right. which explains why why that doesn't work. This time it starts to work 
And then Luna kind of shakes it off. You know, Luna makes her will save or whatever. Uh, and But then it's like, like, wouldn't it make everything a lot simpler if she would just, like, if she would just hypnotize Usagi and Luna? <laughs> like, I'm not certain she didn't. Here's the thing. I'm sort of leaning towards maybe that's why Usagi was looking for her. Because sometime in between she did hypnotize her and she actually did like her. I think it's super weird. <laughs> That you cannot fathom being concerned for a five-year-old. Like, on a basic human level. A red-eyed demon child, you mean. That Atlas Shrugged Marathon you did on your birthday has really affected you. Oh, no! <laughs> no. Like, where is the self-interest of protecting this interloper? No, I I watched it because I hate it, not because I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But this girl is trying to ruin her. But she's like five. She's a precious child. <laughs> I don't know how precious she is. <laughs> Look, maybe, listen, fine. You don't have to think that Yusaki was I mean, listen, hypnotized listen, into liking her. Yes, the the immediate gaslighting that happens right after the scene is infuriating. Yes. <laughs> but also, like, I don't know if it's bad enough to want a child to die. She, she wouldn't have died. She just would have lived on the streets for a while. She just would have been lost sure. in Tokyo, one of the major cities in the world. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, and I guess she probably would have been kidnapped by Negamoon people eventually as well. But uh, at, at the very least, <laughs> at the very least, Jordan. Is that the best Maybe. case scenario? Or? The best case scenario is that Bertier shows up and kidnaps Chibiuza. And, uh, oh, guess what? Sammy notices that the Luna ball looks like Luna. Yeah, and, and he he even mentions the bald spot. I don't think we need to get into this now because this is something that's been going on for 60 episodes now. But, like, is it supposed to be a bald spot? Because I just assumed it was, like, a golden... Like, the, I know that it's mentioned to be a bald spot in the, yeah. the first couple of episodes. But, like, it's not... <laughs> Like it's it's yeah. very clearly not a bald spot. No, it's a bald spot. You can shave it into your cat. <laughs> uh, send those letters to Jordan D. White. If you want your cat to dress up like Luna, just shave a little moon into its forehead. I, I, I got a cat right here. Um, her skin, as far as I know, it appears to be uh, fleshy pink. It doesn't appear to be golden at all. I feel a little lied to. Yeah, Luna's special. And oh. also... Also, the same mark shows up on, like, Usagi's head when she is... <laughs> That's the hair going away. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> it's a birthmark. It's a bald spot and a birthmark at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What if it's right, before... like, on a cat, it's a bald spot, but on a person, it's just, like, a tiny, fine bit of gold hair just grows in the shape of a person. <laughs> very soft, very velvety. Perfect. That's even worse. <laughs> even worse. <laughs> Then we go to Rubius and who I refer to as Birdie, because that's her Deke name. Yes. Uh, Bertier. Whose design I love, by the way. She's, like, well, I, she's super good looking. <laughs> is, like, is she more good looking than anyone else on this show? Uh, I mean, yeah, because like, I mean, listen, Catsy's great, but she's kind of weird looking. <laughs> she's got a style. She has her own style going on. Uh, Catsy has amazing hair. awkward silence i mean well to be honest with you the the one thing about birdie that is weird to me is 
the headband, which I think is a headband of hair. I, I, I've been trying to figure that out, too. And I think it's actually just a headband you think that so? is the same color as her hair. I don't oh think God, it I is because you like you, you're thinking that it's her ponytail wrapped around her head. Yeah, like right? it's her hair braided and then wrapped around her head. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not like if you, when you see her from the back, you can see that she's just got her hair in a braid. OK, so I think it's just supposed to be a headband. The, the thing that I really like about her design is that and this is going to sound weird. It's very clear that she's wearing clothes <laughs> like <What? laughs> Well, like a lot of times you see the the villains and, you know, we get into it with the uh, the monsters a lot. And it's like it's like superhero costumes. Like, yeah, superhero costumes are just naked people painted colors a lot of the time, <laughs> like yeah. the Flash is just a naked dude painted red and green lanterns just like a naked dude painting green and, and black and we get that a lot with uh, the monsters in the show and even the characters in the show even though it's a, a show that's very influenced by high fashion with bertier there's a, a a thickness to her clothes and the way that they're they're kind of hanging on her body that makes it feel like she's actually like wearing blue leather like there's there's a, a a thickness to it that comes through in the design with her boots and her uh I guess what is that a bodysuit? Not much. So I think <laughs> and she's got her arms wrapped I, I, up. Like I, think a boxer. A, I think it's a really yeah. I think it's a really interesting design because of the way it comes off as like oh this isn't a superhero costume. These are these are characters who dressed in these clothes, <laughs> like uh, which makes sense because these are the most fashionable villains. Yes. Like they are. These are designs that were pulled from fashion. And so it makes sense that they would have that weight of real clothes. And I think that's a really interesting thing that comes off. Also, uh, Cassidy, any, any thoughts on the designs? I gotta say, though, these are probably my favorite villains in all of Sailor Moon, especially the sisters, because they just look so good. They're good for them. They're beautiful. They are great. The designs on the, the Black Moon Clan are amazing. Yeah. So. Now, I, I do know that her that yeah that headband thing goes away when she disguises herself as a person. Yes. Uh, so maybe, oh, yeah. it's hard to say. It, it, it really is the exact color of her hair, though. So that's why it, it's really weird if it's not. Oh, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> it's super weird. Ah, uh, well. All right. Uh, so what's the plan? What is their deal? So, well, well Rubius is looking at a hologram of Crystal Tokyo and Bertier shows up and goes, is that that despicable city, Crystal Tokyo? And Rubius goes, yes, we want to destroy this despicable city, Crystal Tokyo. <laughs> So apparently it is a despicable city. But they're like, ne- but that, they're negative. So that means it's good. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But it's despicable. Bizarro, yeah. They're like bizarros. Exactly. <laughs> so here's, he, okay. <laughs> so they need the silver crystal and they need rabbit, who is Chibiusa, in order to go back to the future, Doc Brown style, and destroy the despicable city of Crystal Tokyo. But there's a backup plan. Yeah. Now, in the future, which is Jordan, when when is the Silver Millennium? A thousand so years millennium. in the future. The, the Silver Millennium is the old kingdom, right? Oh, like, the Silver Millennium. This is Crystal Tokyo. It's Crystal Tokyo. So when's Crystal Tokyo? A thousand years in the future. A thousand years in the future. Okay, so a thousand years in the future, there's a force field being generated that protects Crystal Tokyo because Crystal Tokyo is a pentagram. Yeah. <laughs> it is a pentagram. Oh my god! It is. Oh, I never noticed. <laughs> yeah. So there are five points. I get. I guess. There, well, are there more than five yeah, crystal there's, points? There's, I, there's five point points, and then inside the middle are four points as well. But they're not like there's literal points. The number of points that corresponds to however many episodes we're going to be doing this looks like nine. So in order to take down the force field, a thousand years in the future, they're going to go back to now 
and take over the crystal points with dark energy. And I have no idea how this works. Well, okay. I have no idea how this is supposed to work. I have no idea, like, how taking over a, a perfume shop now means that it can't project a force field a thousand years in the future. A thousand years is a very long time. Here, here's the only thing I can make of it. It's, it's, it's magic, not science. So when we're talking about these points generating the uh, force field, we're not talking about there's a energy, f- there's a power plant there that is generating, a, like, the, the force field actually in, like, you know technology style we're talking about like some sort of crazy like ley lines or something like we're talking about like that's a a mystical point in the and so by like putting in like enough evil energy now the evil energy will will screw up their good energy in the future and and they'll be like yeah our force field's great except then all of a sudden it'll be like no check out all this evil energy Ah," then it'll fall something like that yeah, I look at it as okay. kind of like you wouldn't want to build your house over an ancient Indian burial ground. Yeah, that's just that's just bad mojo. You don't want that. Okay, but like here's the thing: like if they could go back and take over this crystal point in the span of a week, <laughs> there's uh, let's see here, there's what like fifty two thousand weeks. <laughs> in the intervening period that just like sailor jupiter could show up and take it back over like well they don't uh, again the idea is that they won't know like they that's why they do it in disguise like they won't know that that this is an, an evil point because everything looks fine it just seems like there's a a perfumes or a makeup store or, a, or a, an ice cream shop and well, the real question is why didn't they go back a, another two years <laughs> when there was no guardians to defeat them there you are. I, I mean, there's a there's a lot of like none of none of the taking over the crystal point stuff makes any sense. Here, here, well, I mean, you're right. In in real life, you're right. I mean, you just kind of accept. Look, if they can control it now, they've got it in the future. Done. Here's the part that's really weird to me. In the Deke episode, uh, for the most part, this is one of those episodes where they translate things relatively close. There's a couple of parts where things are weird, like when 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 Chibi Moon ran away, they made a specific point that they had to make her go like. All right, I promise I won't run away anymore. You know, like so children won't go. It's cool to run away. Um, presumably. But this part they changed for seemingly no reason at all, especially considering that next episode they just had to do the same thing and go, okay, crystal points. For this episode, they go, they show that same image with the nine dots flashing, but they go, in the future, this is going to be the center of Crystal Tokyo called Crystal Nucleus. And so for this one episode, they're saying we're attacking the exact middle of Crystal Tokyo. And if we can get that, we win. And then they obviously don't get that. And the next episode, they start talking about, okay, now we're getting crystal points. And they, then in the next episode, they literally go, what's the first crystal point? And it's like, what? No, the first one was last week. Why are you? Uh, I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah, it, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like they did this episode and went, what is all this shit about points? I don't know. Let's just say it's the middle. And then they got to the next episode and went, oh. They're going to keep doing this point thing. <laughs> I guess we better roll with it. <laughs> Listen, if you if I was pressed, if I had to, I could explain the plot of Kurt Music and Carlos Pacheco's Avengers Forever. Okay. I cannot explain the Crystal Tokyo stuff. <laughs> it's it's not that weird. Like it's I said, it's all weird. about it's about energy. 
like all, everything in these, it's all about kind of like new agey BS energy, which I don't believe in at all. But that's the whole basis of the show. So there you are. Jordan, Jordan, you don't have to specify that you don't believe in elements of Sailor Moon. I, I do. show about <laughs> About space princesses who fight magic monsters. I do, I do. I feel the need. Talking cats, okay. I'm on board. <laughs> no, okay. it's all about like just mojo and energy. So they're just kind of going, we're going to corrupt their good mojo with our bad mojo. Done. A thousand years, though. Okay, anyway. <laughs> it's going to be a time so, capsule. Like she said, Indian burial ground. Basically, yeah. what happens is uh, that Rubius turns to Bertier and goes, hey, you're going to be Jedi for a little bit. So go take over some local businesses <laughs> and make them evil businesses with thematic monsters. I strongly appreciate. I appreciate the return to the business practices of the villains. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's great. I just feel like it makes less sense than it did when uh when Maxfield Stan was doing it. <laughs> I will say like later we're going to see they're clearly not quite the savvy businessmen as Jedi and Maxfield Stan more. Uh, that is true. But uh, Bertie is uh, really good at uh, advertising. That's her yeah. specialty, as she mentions later in the episode. Uh, right before a, well, we'll get to it, but right before a ridiculous one-frame upscurry shot. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? Okay, we'll get there. So, <laughs> speaking of getting there, Memoru is very concerned that we're going to get to a point where somebody kills Sailor Moon. So We don't was... know yet that yet, though. Well, he we just we just know that he's being a jerk for no, no reason. No, what he literally says is, "So that's their plan. Yusako is going to be." And then he doesn't say killed, but I think you're like killed as a, as a, a viewer. You're like, "Ah, eh, killed." And so she, meanwhile, she's there having just failed another test. <laughs> going, "Oh, well, I failed again." She got a 32. Not it's a step up from her first test. <laughs> so she hides it, runs up to him, hugs him again, and he goes, uh, no, I don't have feelings for you anymore. And she goes, well, I, well, I don't understand what you mean by that. But uh, anyway, and he's which like, is <laughs> weird because that morning, that morning. Yeah. They had just said, been what, is, hugging. what does he say when they meet on the street? It's like, I guess we're always destined to be together. <laughs> like when they bump into each other on the street. Yeah. And so he three he, hours later, he has no feelings for her anymore. And he says, I, I we're done. Like it, it's over between us. I'm breaking up with you what chris he probably is doing this so she can have more time to study oh yeah uh, uh-huh. do you want to know what i wrote in my notes <laughs> please math book strikes again <laughs> usagi immediately goes to the hakawa shrine and i love the idea that she goes to the hakawa shrine and does whatever they do to call a sailor scout meeting sure she's like guys big trouble meet me at the shrine and then when they get there and she's like a memory broke up with me <laughs> Technically, that's kind of sailor business. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that is sailor business. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. We get some reactions from people and Ami says, oh, I know why he broke up with you. He wants you to have more time to study. And then everybody like gives her a Ami. <laughs> like everybody gives her a look. What's funny is she's she's kind of the closest because... <laughs> Because everybody else is going, yeah, she, he was just having a bad day or, you know, <laughs> he would never is, do that. Which is like, okay, look, <laughs> if if your boyfriend tells you, I don't love you anymore, go away. And then you go to your friends and your friends are like, mm, he was probably having a bad day. Bad friends, bad boyfriend. Well, they can't even, because they can't, this doesn't can compute. distract yourself from those toxic people. <laughs> they, this doesn't compute to them. They're just going, 
you must have heard him wrong. Like, that's not true. Like, we know this guy. He would never do that. And and, and Ray is like, he would never just ditch someone. (laughs) 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 But Amy is kind of the closest because she's like, what if he what if this was like staged for your benefit? Which it was like this is this is staged for her benefit. Just not so she can study. That's all. In fairness, Ami's like, oh, he probably just wants you to study. That has personality that none of the other scouts show in this scene, like especially Minako. And I hate it because I want Minako to be such a good character, but she's like even the way her lines are delivered. And this is in uh, both the the Japanese audio and the new dub. Her lines are delivered so flat. It's like you probably heard him wrong. And I don't, I don't, you know, blame the the voice actors for that at all because she's also kind of animated really flat, like she's like cardboard in this scene, which is really frustrating. So at least, even though Ami has been reduced to one thing, at least she's got it. At least she's got <laughs> the one thing. Like nobody else uh, in the scene has a thing. Although it is nice to see Ray uh, being kind to Izagi. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. That was nice. I was like, hey, she didn't say something bitchy. Like, oh, you probably did something to really deserve that. That's what I would have expected from Ray. Now, so, Cassie, where do you where do you fall on Ray? We talked about uh, Chibiusa. Where do you where do you fall on Ray? Well, like I said, I love all my children equally, <laughs> to a point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want to like her because we've all had that. Because I don't know, like other people have said on the show before, like yeah, we all had that Ray friend growing up. I'm like, well, she wasn't a good friend. <laughs> I didn't really say a lot for. She's such a bitch. Oh, okay, yeah, she is. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, at least we agree on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, but you're right. I do like she was nice here. I do like that we get she does get better. This is an example. Like they very easily could have had her say like, oh, you know, oh, well, what'd you do? Like, what did you do to deserve this horrible treatment from your 38 year old boyfriend? <sighs> uh, and in, instead, it's, no, she's like, maybe Chris is Starlight. mean. Maybe Chris is meaner than Ray. He's she's, he's the one sticking in the 38 year old or 39 year old. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> now we get to the scene where I wrote down this episode is great, Chris. So suck it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Vimoru is uh, at his house helping Chibiusa study. Okay. For, let's take a side before we get to the awesome scene. It's still really weird because. We just talked about Chibiusa not running away. Going to Mamoru's house is still basically running away. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm it's what inappropriate. Told, uh, what she told the Kinos. I'm gonna go to that uh, eight-year-old man's house to do my homework. That's cool. Like what? See you guys. She just does whatever she wants. Even, even if okay, even if we're Jordan and we're like, and Chibiusa's like. Yeah, I'm going over to that 21-year-old college student's house. No. Yeah, no, no. She, she probably said, I'm going to my boyfriend's house. <laughs> anyway, so they're, uh, they're lying there doing homework or whatever. Usagi shows up, and you get this really great emotional scene. And I think it's emotional on both sides. It's great, because he's tr- – because, he's, look, he doesn't want to break up with her. He loves her, but he has to hide it. And so she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize you had, we're having a bad day. And he's like, that's not it. And she's like, she just wants she just wants so badly to get back together. And he can't let it happen. And it's really difficult for him. He keeps saying, I don't have feelings for you anymore. But it's he's lying. And I think it works. It's well, it's not that it's not done as well as it can be. 
scene, like, you know, you have a lot of sympathy to Usagi because she shows up and she tries everything. She goes through everything her friends told her. She's like, you don't need to break up with me. I'll study harder. Like, you know, she has that desperation. And I think that's done really well. I just feel like the plot itself is bad. Like, it's a this is a well done scene of what I think is a very needlessly frustrating plot. Like it's it, much like the entire movie frozen. Uh, <laughs> it is a plot that could be avoided. Yeah. If characters had one two minute conversation, everything could be avoided. And, and it's, I, 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 I get the mechanics of it. I don't think it's a good plot. It's uh, uh, especially after just coming back from the alien plot where he forgot about her and stuff. I'm like we just got back together just keep a couple of episodes of your relationship okay yeah and that's that's another thing is like how many times are we gonna see usagi and memru break up and usagi like this is uh, the third time that we've gone through this heartbreak with usagi what? and even though it's it's done well like it's still kind of like okay this again yeah <sighs> i don't know i we get all we get so well there's gonna be a lot of good fraughtness <laughs> <laughs> that I think is good, and I like. It's sad. She even then, brings up. She even brings goes, up. Well, no, she even brings up. Yeah, that that we we're destined moon lovers. Like I'm Princess Serenity, and he goes, "I'm sick and tired of that. Why do I have to be your boyfriend now? Because it's something that happened in the past, which is kind of a fair thing, but because it's destiny, man. That's why." <laughs> then Usagi sees Chibiusa's shoes and goes, "Wait, is is this because you like Chibiusa more than me?" <laughs> Which is another element of the plot where I'm like, oh, all right, all right. No, he goes, no, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And for once, he is right. Yes. So then we get some phone booth crying. And tears, We get some Usagi crying in the phone booth. Sobbing. I won't be able to bring him home to to meet you, Mom. I'm sorry. So sad. That was so sad. I wish we could have gotten uh, Chibiusa, like, pulling out a picture and she's fading out of it. Like, uh, (laughs) Back to the Future style? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Look, that doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, what shouldn't she? Well, but we've already talked about like, it doesn't make sense. Her soul situation. Does she not understand? Oh, I guess not. Why? I don't know. It's not like she looks any different or sounds any different or acts any different or is any different. So it's just weird. Maybe in the future, Usagi like fucks with her so much (laughs) that she's just like, I'm going to go back and fuck with her way worse. She goes into the past because she needs to find the silver crystal. And she sees Usagi and immediately demands the silver crystal. Did she not put together that the person in the past with silver crystal and the person in the future with the silver crystal might be the same person? They are Do you mean Ami? <laughs> Do you mean it might be Ami? Because that's where she ends up. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to try because it would be ridiculous to give it to Usagi. She's so dumb. Anyway... Uh, the m- so while while Usagi is doing her phone booth crying, Bertier has shown up at uh, a local business <laughs> uh, wearing uh, a really, really great outfit, uh, a really great dress. A little we've, seven bell outfit, talked, yeah. Yeah. We've talked about the fashions in the show before, uh, particularly with the scouts, because that's who we see the most. And that gets a little lazy at this point in the show, we're going to run into it in the next episode, especially. Uh, but like here, we don't see them in civilian outfits. We only see them in their uniforms uh, for this entire episode. Like even when they're meeting after school, like even when they're they're you know, we, we never we, we have not seen the inside of a classroom since Alan and Ann bailed. But we still get uh, we still get the school uniforms constantly. So it's nice that there's some fashion involved with the designs of the Black Moon Clans. And I think uh, Bertier gets like three outfits in this episode. 
I don't so think she summons ones. up. Well, she gets her, her regular outfit and then she gets I think she gets two different dresses, right? Really? I thought just one. Maybe just one. Maybe just one. So uh, she summons a monster named Droid Atsugesho. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. Why is her name Droid? I don't know. It's pretty weird. And she's going to sell some makeup to turn even the plainest looking girls into beauties. But, and this is the kind of long-term planning that you get with the Black Moon Clan, but after several years, their faces will break out, their hair will turn white, and they'll be covered with acne. This is a long-term plan. Well, they got a thousand years to plan for it, so, uh... I guess so. Really I guess make it's... it long-term. But it's so I unnecessary. It's... Yeah. But just, if you want to curse that spot, take the workers, kill them in the basement, they'll haunt the spot forever, done. Don't need any of this business work. Bertier mentions that uh, once we do this, this store will no longer function as a crystal point, which makes me think this makeup store endures for a thousand years. (laughs) And that is like, it's still a Sephora in the future. (laughs) (laughs) It's that is what it sounds like. I mean, that's ridiculous. But although, you know what? Here's the deal. Remember, a thousand years in the future is not generations in the future. A thousand years in the future is our generation living forever. I, I guess so. So maybe people are just like, yeah, we want the same stores forever. <laughs> and like, if Usagi's the one setting up the crystal points, assuming as she is the monarch, she is so far picked a makeup store, and later she's going to pick an ice cream store to set up crystal points. That sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot that of sense. Makes, you just made this entire plotline make ten times more sense. <laughs> Places Usagi like. <laughs> we'll have to see. I don't remember where they where they are going forward, so we'll have to keep an eye out for that. So uh Bertie decides that since the monster's handling the actual business, that she's gonna go into promotion. So she gets a bunch of flyers printed up and then goes and stands on a building. <laughs> and this is probably the I'm trying to decide if this is the most egregious panty shot we've got in the entire show so far. It's hard to I, say. Because sometimes they are pretty be. egregious, but well, because it's it's so fast. Yeah. It's like, it's clearly just like, and, and Cassie, maybe you can shed some light on this since you've, you've worked in animation. Surely there are things that the animators are just doing to amuse themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes feel, a lot of sense. I feel like that is the case with this. Like this because, is... because she's wearing a full length dress and it blows all the way up. You could see her belly, her panties, her stockings. It's totally ridiculous. Yeah, like... It is a ridiculous upskirt shot, and it's so, like, and it and it's so quick. It's literally like like two frames, but it's not so quick that you don't see it. Right. <laughs> it's not so quick that you don't that it goes by without you noticing. Shockingly, it was there in the Deke version. Yeah, really? I, that too. I I was shocked. I could not believe it. That's really surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been they easy edit- as anything to take it out. Yeah. Yeah. They edited it out. Like, all of Usagi and Mamoru about the kiss and everything in the morning. They're like, this panty shot, that's very artistic. It can stay. Very important <laughs> to the plot. That's really surprising because, like, nor- you know, normally when we get, like, oh, God, I can't, I don't even want to, I don't even want to discuss the mechanics of the upskirt shots on the show. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to go really into it. But like, normally it's this, but this is clearly something different. But you know what? Moving on. <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely there. Oh, speaking of the Deke episode, Chris, we didn't talk about the title of the Deke episode. Oh, we didn't. It's look, it's been like a month since we've recorded. Sometimes we forget things. Do you want to do you want to put on your 90s producer hat and try to guess what you would call this episode? Uh, OK, um, 
uh let's see is it is it like is it like kiss and make up oh my god you're better uh, at this than they are yeah that was beautiful that's amazing that's almost okay, as good as moon moon cosmic uh, breakup um okay. <laughs> the episode is called the cosmetic caper wah, wah, <laughs> nothing is it a, i guess it's a caper i guess it's a caper <laughs> sure sure it is um, and so uh, the brochures or the, the pamphlets for the, the cosmetics company are blowing around, flying over the city. It's actually a pretty decent advertising scheme because it totally works. Usagi sees one land right by her and goes straight love, to the store. I love that it, it's easy to miss because it's in the in the foreground of a shot where the, the focus is on Usagi. But all of the cosmetics in the store have the Black Moon Clan logo on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, good news. Luna was next door at Cafe Elk. <laughs> yeah, Lu- Luna was just going to get some coffee. <laughs> yeah. so Luna was making a... <laughs> so she sees Usagi go in, so she follows her in. And it's good that she does. This scene, I also think, is great. Usagi comes oh. in, and uh, the girl, the evil... Oh, no, it's bananas. The evil girl at the cosmetic store goes, I see you have tears on your face. <laughs> uh, we've got makeup for that. And... <laughs> Yusagi goes, if I wear makeup, will my bo- will will me- she doesn't even say my boyfriend. In the Deke version, they change it to will my ex-boyfriend love me again. But in the in the original, she just goes, Will Mamochan say he loves me if I if I if I become beautiful? And she goes, Yeah, absolutely. Put on some makeup. Really? Because I don't know if that's true. Uh would it really work on him? Oh, it'll totally work on him. I've always seen it work. It works all the time. And then Yusaki ends up like screaming at this girl because she's like, You're wrong. That's not what he's like. Forget it. <laughs> okay. It's so quick, good. Quick question here. Jordan, have you ever worked retail? No. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, a have... comic shop. Yes, a comic shop. But I, I don't really count that because I loved it. Really? I, I used to work in a comic book shop. That's that's a very, very common thing among comics people. It is. It is. <laughs> if you have worked retail, you do not side with Usagi in this scene. What? You do not. Cassidy, do you have a, uh, do you have a similar feeling to me? Have you ever worked retail? I have never worked retail, but I love hearing stories. And I was just immediately like, this probably isn't even the craziest person she's had to deal with today. Oh, no. Not not at all. She's an evil monster. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, like, (laughs) this, okay. But you're on her side? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Because this girl comes in, who is clearly emotionally distraught, comes into a makeup store. All they sell is makeup. (laughs) Goes up to the counter. And, like, stands at the counter, and the girl goes, oh, okay, so you're looking for some makeup because you got tears on your face? And this is the conversation. If I use this makeup, will my boyfriend love me again? Yeah, sure. No, yeah, like, don't. Guys, like, no, women, absolutely whatever. not. That is not what you should say. <laughs> no. Jordan, it's called working on commission, bro. Ugh. It's called getting those sales up. That is not, Then, well, that, you know what? That means you have sold your soul to the man, my friend. Yeah, that's called capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I I work on comics and I want people to buy comics, but I don't say like, hey, man, buy these comics. It'll make your life like so much better. It'll improve your job. It'll make people love you more. No, I do. You, I you, do. <laughs> you are if a you, terrible person. If you buy X-Men 92, uh, one through eight on Comixology right now, you're probably like the person you love will love you back. <laughs> that is a fact. You don't know them. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is, like basically what happens is the girl goes, hey, should I buy this makeup? Like, will it make me more attractive? That is yeah, not. Like, 
<laughs> no, this is the basics of this conversation. Will this make it maybe more attractive? Yes, it'll make you more attractive. Guys will guys will like you more if you're if you're pretty. No, they won't. Shut up. I hate you. No, you are. <laughs> this is, is you, because, like you said, she's clearly upset. Now, look, we're arguing about this as if it were a regular human being clerk. It's an evil <laughs> monster clerk. So that is why the monster will say anything. But if this was a person, she's a terrible person because no, you see a girl who's crying and you don't say. And she comes up and she goes. Will David love me if I wear this lipstick? You don't go, yeah, David loves it. That is fucked up and wrong. You do if you gotta make sales. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much how it works. Well, at any rate, Yusagi spazzes out. She freaks out. She starts shouting at her. I I don't don't want this makeup anyway. Uh, the, The clerk... Now, hopefully, this is not what it's like at Sephora. The clerk, <laughs> the clerk grabs her by the arm and goes, you can't just walk away. Uh, all the other customers are leaving because uh, she's screaming at her. She's like, yeah, that's because you're trying to force me to wear makeup now. And she's like, too bad. And then yeah, she well, turns into a Why did she go to the makeup store, Jordan? Why did she go to the makeup no, store? No, walking why into a store, store is not an obligation to buy. <laughs> Why did she go to the makeup store and then start yelling at the clerk for trying to sell her makeup, because, which is the clerk's job? Because an evil advertiser told her it would make her life better, and they were lying. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you could probably blame every shop ever for that. <laughs> but this one was really run by monsters. <laughs> so anyway, the monster pulls out a giant powder puff and powders herself into a monster. Which is pretty great. I actually really like this monster a lot in terms of uh, of of look and of what we're gonna get. Uh, yeah, of the monster later. Like she has a a top with a sort of uh, artistically stretched uh, eyeshadow palette <laughs> for like as a bikini top, kind of like it's I and a, Wait, a perfume what? thing on her head, like a, a an atomizer on her head. Like oh, she, I didn't realize that those were eyeshadow thing on on her chest. Okay, I get I, it now. I think that's what they are yeah yeah i can see it now yeah i love i love this design i think it's a super like fun ridiculous monster design yeah she turns into a monster luna yeah claws her in the face yeah luna's the best it's a pretty good luna moment luna you know luna's got had her coffee yep (laughs) she's very energetic now i want i want this i want the missing scene of luna in cafe elk with a like a venti (laughs) And being like, being like, can I get the Wi-Fi password? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, I don't know. Now, I've been kind of tired recently when I was watching the Deke episodes, the last few episodes before this. So I'm not sure if I missed this or if this is the first time. She uses moon star power to transform. Does she? Yes. That is the name of her transformation now. I I think this is the first time because they don't get their new transformations until the next episode. Yeah, they don't get their new their new their new sticks until next episode. But she doesn't get a new stick anyway, though. In the subtitles, it says Moon Crystal Power Makeup. No, no, I know, but I'm talking about in the Deke. They they always use the wrong things in those. But but now it's Moon Star Power, which is weird because Moon is not a star. But what are you going to (laughs) do? Well, neither are the planets. Well, Moon's not a crystal either, Jordan. Yeah, but it's a presumably a crystal from the moon. You can't get a star from the moon. You can call a crystal a star. Okay. <laughs> it's like you've, like you've never read an adventure novel. Now, okay, here's what I want to talk about, though. <laughs> this is this is a big thing. This is a big thing because this is weird. 
is this episode trying to say something about makeup? Because, like, they're going to argue more about makeup now, about whether you need makeup and stuff. Like, that becomes a thing throughout the episode. But what's weird about it was, as I realized, the Sailor Scouts, like, makeup is their power. Like, they literally yell out the word makeup and it changes them. Yes. So this is some weird mixed messages here. If you go back to the early episodes of the show, and, and again, this is, you know, Jordan and I, I don't think are the most qualified people to speak on this. But if you go back to the early episodes of the show and you go to the one that's all about uh, the gym, uh, oh. the Megaverse gym, we, like we had a conversation on that episode with Betty about like whether that episode was kind of reflective of the sort of, you know, pressures, you know, the, the, the pressures to lose weight, the kind of body shaming that exists for for teenage girls and how even though it's a silly episode with a silly plot like that does kind of come through in a lot of the stuff they face. I don't think it comes through here. And again, like, again, that is not really something that I feel qualified to speak on. So I don't know, Cassidy, maybe we can get your thoughts on it. But this just feels like weird and and like way more silly than anything. Yeah, like I can see maybe they were trying to go with something like, hey, your personal appearance will not fix your whole life and you can't fix everything with makeup. But at the same time, then they started painting it like only crazy shallow girls wear tons of makeup. <laughs> Look at this crazy. They just draw her actual face on and stuff. And I'm kind of like, no, makeup's great. It's amazing. No, you just you wear it for yourself, not for other people. I can't remember what it is. Well, I mean, we'll get to it soon. I can't remember what it is that Tuxedo Mask and her argue about because her and the mo- him and the monster argue about makeup when he shows up. We'll have to come oh, back yeah. to it. I feel like this is more of an example of them. Like, I actually haven't. Uh, looked at the monster. This monster comes from the manga or not? But if you give me a second, I can. Um, she, she, she literally squirts. I mean, I guess it's perfume out of her mouth <laughs> that turns into like acid and is dissolving everything. Although my favorite thing about the new the monster actually is not any of those things. It's that she rolls on aerosol cans. Oh yeah, I like that. Like apparent this, she felt a little creepier than usual. Usually the monsters are pretty fun. I liked her uh, creepy stretched out face when she spit acid perfume at people. Yeah, it's so weird looking. Like, I don't, yeah. you don't expect her to open her face that much. <laughs> but she does. Well, she, although, did you notice when she was a human, her mouth was opening too big as well? Oh, I, di- I didn't notice that. That's really yeah, cool. When, 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 she's, when she's talking to her, when she's pitching her the, um, the makeup and saying that Memora will love her, her mouth, it, it's not like... Her jaw doesn't like stretch as much as it does, but her mouth opens way longer than any other characters does. And I remember looking at it going like, what is that? That's cool. I I like the creepy monsters. I wish we could get like more return to like that first monster with uh, Naru's mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Creepy desiccated corpse monsters. They're great. Chris? I am looking at the manga to see if this monster uh, exists in the manga. Okay. I just wasn't sure if you were there or not. No, I'm still here. Uh, just, you know, I do not see this. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, that's the thing. This episode, I mean, you mentioned the Naru's mother. This episode is, one of the things I like about this episode is it is another Sailor Moon solo episode, which I think is a lot of fun. It's a nice little throwback to Sailor Moon and, and Luna and Mamoru being like the main thrust of the episode. The scouts don't, sh- I don't think the scouts show up at all, right? They, I mean, they're in the Hikawa Shrine, but they don't show up for the fight. Right, yeah. yeah. So they're not, they don't show up as, as you know, the scouts is what I mean. Oh, Luna. So Luna tries to attack the monster again and gets hit with a giant <laughs> powder puff and gets flattened Looney Tunes style. <laughs> gets flattened yeah, against the wall like a cartoon. <laughs> and then she peels off onto the floor. Pretty classic. All of the, all of the monster's attacks 
are like the 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 perfume from her mouth the the powder puff that flattens luna and then disappears like the skating on hairspray cans like it's all really fun stuff for the monster and and the best thing about it is when she's uh attacked uh after after tuxedo mask shows up and uh is mega useless like the scene of her drawing her own face back on like first of all that her face is erased by the acid is like there's a moment where that's like really weird and creepy and scary uh but then like the scene of her drawing her face back on and and she's rushing it so she can get back in the fight and so her face is all terrible Like, it's all really poorly drawn. (laughs) She's got, like, weird little spirals for eyes. That's a really great gag, I think. It's the best. Yeah. As much as the the monster and the, like, philosophy behind the monster, I guess, isn't really there in this episode, I do think the actual mechanics of the monster, I think think this is a fun monster. I just got to the part with Tuxedo Mask. So he says, a young girl's complexion is youthful and fresh. Heavy makeup does nothing. And then the monster says, silence. Greasy skin, acne, and rough skin all demand makeup. Like, she, she's really offended that he is, like, dissing makeup. Like, she's not like, get the fuck out of here, you're a superhero and I'm trying to kill someone. She's like, hey, don't you talk about makeup that way. <laughs> I mean, she clearly has some strong feelings about makeup. She literally is makeup monster. Yes. So. <laughs> so Sailor Moon kills her. Yeah, like, like Chris said, Tuxedo Mask... Tuxedo Mask is the reason that her face gets blasted off, by the way. So it's not like he does nothing. Nah. He blasts her face off with her own acid, and she draws her own face back on, and then she dies. Dies. Um, she turns into a pile of very sparkly dust this time. They ta- they're very, very shiny dust and a black crystal. And uh, and that's that. Oh, wait, no. Then Tuxedo Mask goes, farewell. And for the first time, so he goes, wait. <laughs> don't, don't just say farewell and vanish. My next note is, oh, shit. <laughs> Because okay. he gets real mean. She says to him, so you saved me. That means we're, you know, you do love me. And he's like, nah. And she goes, all right, well, Lamachan, tell me what it is. And this is not in the Deke version. Deke version, he's just like, hey, man, pass the pass. Goodbye. Japanese version, he says to her, I don't like weak women. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was really mean. It's pretty brutal. That but- was yeah. really mean. But that makes sense. Sure. In the context of what's going on. Like if like, like I said, I I don't think it's a good plot, but I do think that they they do what they can with it. And I think like if Tuxedo Mask is breaking up with her because she's in danger, like because if there is a, a threat that will kill her if they're together, then him knowing that she'll try to get back together with him and telling her like, yeah, I don't like weak women with the kind of uh, understanding being like. Hey, you need to get stronger. Like, so, you know, really from his point of view, so that you don't die. <laughs> yeah. Like that is a thing that makes sense. Like, I mean, in practice, it's like really cruel of him oh, yeah. and heartbreaking. But I do kind of like that. He knows her well enough to be like, okay, if I say something, if she's off, when she shows up at his apartment, she's like, I, you know, she offers to improve herself in whatever way she needs to. And he goes, well, if I tell like, if I tell her this, she'll try to get stronger and then maybe whatever's going to try and kill her won't be able to. So at least there's that, but again, I still like I don't I don't like the plot. <laughs> and I'm su- and surprisingly, she do- she does take it that way. She yeah. like cuz I f- I mean, I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he just said that." And I feel like 
in real life, if somebody says that to someone, they are going to fucking freak out. Um, oh, yeah. But she goes in her head, all right, I'll become stronger for you. And it's like, okay. do not, do not in any way seek to emulate the relationship between. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no. Memo and Usaka. Memo chan and Usako. Yeah, don't, don't. Yeah, it's, I mean, okay, sad. they're destined moon lovers. They're not they're not the usual case. You're you're not destined moon lovers, everybody at home. Sorry. Or are you? No, they're not. Are you a miracle romance? You don't know. Well, that's different. Anyway, thus ends that great episode that we just watched. Yeah, Yay. that's it. Uh and I feel like we learned a lot. Uh I feel like we were probably supposed to learn something. Jordan, do we have a Sailor Moon says for this episode? We sure do. Do you want to know what it says? No, I was just asking for my health. Oh. <laughs> yes, play it. We all like to look good, but Drydo's cosmetics had a real kick. Your skin is special. You need to treat it right. And that means protecting it from the sun. Start using sunblock daily. Lots of people want a dark, cool tan. But too much sun is really not good for you. Yes, especially now that the ozone layer is so thin. Too much sun not only makes you look old way early, but it can cause skin diseases too. Be smart in the sun. Sailor Moon says... was relevant-ish. It was close. <laughs> they started out going, like, it, again, it sounds like they're going to go for the, hey, makeup is great, but like, don't, don't let that be all that your, your value is. Like, understand that there's more to you than you, than your looks, like things like that. No, they go, yeah, makeup is great, but you might get cancer if you're out in the sun too long. <laughs> what? That's a bit of a turn. Yeah. We did get to hear Amy talking about the ozone. So that's exciting. Yeah. Hey, everybody, you need to wear sunscreen. Yeah, the ozone layer is getting real thin. Yeah, thanks, nerd. <laughs> oh, boy. What, like, you need to wear sunscreen. What a great moral for this episode. Sunscreen. Yep. Because if you walk too close to Darien, it's like the sun. All right. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So now it's time to talk about what we learned from the episode. It's time for Sailor Business Says. Uh, Cassie, we will start with you. What did you learn from this episode? Well, I learned that, you know, okay, the message was a little confusing. Not sure if I learned if makeup was good or not. (laughs) I did learn that if your boyfriend breaks up with you, it's probably because he wants you to be really strong and tough. Like maybe he wants you to be able to like lift a house or, you know, something like that. So you got to start working out. Nice. That's what I learned. I learned that... No matter how much you dislike a five-year-old, you have to help people look for them when they That's go good. missing. That's good. I'm really glad you learned that. <laughs> Chris? Uh, I learned don't let Jordan D. White babysit your kids. <laughs> hey, was uh, was uh, was she any trouble? I don't know. It's <laughs> my impression of Jordan babysitting your kids. Uh, That's what I have cats for. The cats will watch the kids. Jordan, yeah, I mean, we have real cats. cats are very good at watching kids. <laughs> real cats are not guardian cats. What? <laughs> Unless your cat has... Don't shave a bald spot into your cat's forehead and then let it watch a child. Of course my cat is qualified. Did you see its bald spot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all works. This is all true. Oh, brother. Uh, so yeah, let's let's talk about the episode. Cassidy, what are what are your thoughts on the episode? I think I, I talked about mine pretty extensively. <laughs> I think I agree with you to a lot of degrees um, that this is like, it's a dumb episode. It's a dumb plot to introduce. We've done it so many times before. And I know it's just a cheap way to get more attention out of Usagi and Mamoru's relationship, but it's so dumb. 
But that being said, it's still a really well done episode. The heartbreak was very real. We really felt bad for Usagi and everything. Chibiusa didn't get to do much. That's a bummer. <laughs> oh, but yeah, and I had a really lot of, lot of really great moments. I actually really loved the music too when they broke up. That was really sweet, sad. So yeah, a good episode, but also stupid. <laughs> That's kind of fair. <laughs> I loved, I loved it, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this plot works out. I, I don't remember it being as dumb as you guys are saying it is, but it, it probably is. <laughs> we'll find out. I, I feel like, you know, we've had we've had guests on the show who back me up on this, but it's, you know, I am one of those people for whom the miracle romance is my least favorite part of the show. I am one of the people who thinks the show would be better without Memoru. <laughs> you could just cut him out and the show would be great and just make it all about usagi's friendship with her her five to eight friends <laughs> again you know cassie brought up the point of we just saw them do this uh and i don't know if that's a, a problem with the people making the anime didn't know uh that uh naoko takeuchi in the manga was going to break them up again uh and so we got the 12 episodes of the doom tree saga where they break up and get back together and then immediately, two episodes later, break up again. Uh, and then, spoiler warning, we'll get back together. Well, they didn't break uh, like, up at the Doom Tree. No, but, like, they're not together. Right. Like, like they didn't, you know, they're not, they are not broken up as in one of them dumped the other, but they are broken up in, in that they are not together. There's a rival alien trying to make out with uh, Mamoru. All these people coming from space to make out with Mamoru. <laughs> yeah. He has a type. He's like a sun. He brings them in his orbit. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to make it work. Look, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, so not not my favorite, but I do feel like I, I do feel like Cassidy's right in that the the actual acting of the episode, like the like, but in my case, it's like it's less sympathy for her and more like anger on her behalf that uh, Mamoru just won't communicate. <laughs> like, which again is a problem in a lot of things that have this the i i have to break up with you or else something terrible will happen is a it's a a common trope in, I mean, in these stories how, how many buffy episodes could be avoided in that way like all of them yeah other than like ones that are just about killing a vampire other than that yeah. like all the interpersonal stuff is nobody will tell anybody anything else yeah so folks you again you are not moon lovers so communication is important communicate with your with your partner uh and that brings us to the end of the show uh welcome back it's 2016 we're uh we're happy to be here uh cassidy before we go can you tell everyone where they can find you online uh yep you can find me on twitter at cassidy stone one want you can also find me on tumblr at the sanity clause nice i am on twitter at crackshot with a zero for an o also, our great editor, Jake Mason, is on Twitter at JJ underscore Mason, and he's got another podcast called The Morphin Grid that you should check out. Uh, you can find everything that I do at about.me slash Chris Sims, including links to uh, my other podcast, War Rocket Age Jackson Movie Fighters, as well as the comics that I write. X-Men 92 is uh, on Marvel Unlimited now, oh, uh, nice. the first issue. So if you if you are interested in reading that and you haven't picked it up digitally, uh, I will say the version that's on Marvel Unlimited is the print version. Uh, so it does not have all the cool digital trickery that uh, Scott Kobush did in the Infinite Comics version that's on Comixology. Uh, but yeah, check that out. Uh, go listen to the other podcasts. And uh, that's all for me. We will be back next week with episode 62 of Sailor Moon R, A Guardian's Friendship. Goodbye, Ami. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business.
I got a stylophone for Christmas. I'm excited. Oh, nice.